He's a CG bear, I think, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Welcome to the Video Gamer Podcast, episode 265. My name is Colin Mahern, and with me this week. He hasn't really slept until now. The scenes are still running through his head again and again. It's Mike Harridan's... Howdy. And I know that she messed... Sorry, Mike, you threw me off there. Uh, I know that she messed it up with the two mistakes, and she let you all down. It's Alice Bell. Hello. Ooh, now, two mistakes. You can probably have a de- a, a, an educated guess at this. Football? Mike, I feel like you, you don't participate in this opening thing. You just let a howdy out of nowhere. You throw me off my... Off balance there with that. <laughs> like you're John fucking Marston or something. <laughs> it just made me think of the bit in Toy Story where the shark is wearing Woody's hat and he goes, howdy, 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 howdy. M- Mike, before Alice Bell, you're, you're, you're an old hand at this. You always get it right. Okay. Okay. Mike. Yeah. I have not a Scoopies. I'm guessing it's something to do with sports. Maybe oh, football. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. What who... happened at the weekend in football? Uh, was it Liverpool playing? Well done, Mike. Oh, okay. Uh, that's about as far as I know. All right. Was okay. It that's a... the final of the <laughs> champions. The final of the champions. Champions League. Champions League. <laughs> yeah, Champions League. That's I was wait. I was waiting for you to give me a yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or a nah. Yeah. Yes, it was the final of the Champions League. Oh, duh, of course. Uh, where young Loris Carius made two. To oh, quite glaring errors. I mean, so glaring that they cause goals. Uh, did, did the, the he, Liverpool keeper. Did he? Oh, I was going to say he's allowed to touch the ball with his hands. <laughs> he is. Uh, but the issue was where he put the ball after it touched his hands. Uh, There's two really, really horrible mistakes, and people, as they are wont to do, then issued the man death threats. Uh, because he made mistakes at work. Because it's, it's, it's just like a bad day at work, really. Yeah, another day in the office. Uh, and then people just saying, yeah, I'm going to kill you. Your life isn't worth living, etc., etc." It's a lovely atmosphere. It did, and with stuff like that, I, mm. I always sort of think like, well, would you have done any better? Or would you, in fact, probably have done worse? Exactly. I mean, most definitely they would have done worse, but then... I but then, you know, I haven't ever made a film yeah. and I criticise films, so... Yeah, exactly. But I've never sent a film a death threat. On to the news this week, and it is very much Battlefield-focused, because last Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday... Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. We had the official reveal at the um, very unsociable hour of 10 o'clock. But it was revealed that uh, the game will have no Battle Royale mode or a premium pass, but it will have microtransactions and loads of women. Yep. Loads of women. Yeah, <laughs> loads of them, right? How many women are in it? I've listed, I've no idea. Well, they're a playable faction, so I guess as many as you want in the team. Is oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so you don't have to play as a woman then? No. no. So what's no. the fucking fuss about? I've... Well, hang on, you're jumping the gun here, <laughs> Sorry. Right? Because, Mike, you went to, they, they had a, it, it, it wasn't hands-on. They, they no. only showed, like, um, yeah, but they, showed, they showed what basically they revealed later on, didn't they? Yeah, in we, the we had, they called it a deep dive. So we sat in a, in the um, theatre, not the theatre, the, uh, the cinema, view cinema. They had a load of screens. 
a lot of talking. They they showed us the trailer that you guys obviously saw for the um the reveal event later on, and they just they kind of like explored some of the gameplay mechanics a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, uh, in, in terms of like when you're talking about women and stuff, they were featured heavily in the trailer. They I mean, were, as, yeah, yeah, they yeah, were. Yeah. Uh, there was about two and a half minute trailer released along with all the the announcements. Yeah, um, there was no booing or hissing because of women being in the trailer. I can confirm there were no uh, shock I'm, horrors. I'm glad there was no booing or hissing <laughs> or cheering because my pet peeve is people in the media reacting like fans. That yeah. is, an, well, <laughs> yeah, but that, that is an utter shambles yeah. never all budding <laughs> journalists in whatever field doesn't matter whether it's games or sport as we were talking about earlier or film or TV or yeah. whatever never go to something like that like a screening or if you're in sport a match or whatever and cheer yeah. Don't. No. You're in you're in a work environment. <laughs> it's like the guy that went to an Uncharted Four event dressed as Nathan Drake. That's the that's Oh my the, god, really? That's the, that's the peak, isn't it? That's the, the peak. Key. Well, I can confirm, Cullum, unfortunately, there were a few lads wearing Battlefield t shirts there. Mm, mm. And la- and the Battlefield one event, there were tons of whooping and cheering, but there was none this right. time. Okay. In fact, the developers actually had to go Please clap. I mean a polite clap is alright. Yeah, the there were no whoops. Yeah, no whoops. Yeah, there's no premium pass. No. Uh, because Dice want to just have everything, all the content available yeah. to, to they want players. people to buy their game and not avoid it. Oh yeah, but like <laughs> as soon as I said there's going to be no premium pass, I, that, like there's going to be a sting in the tail there. So there are micro transactions. Yes. There, there are yeah. micro transactions. They're cosmetic. There are no yeah. loot boxes. No, it's, it's all cosmetic items. So in other words, they won't affect gameplay. So it's literally just clobber because mm. customization is like a really big thing now you know they got the whole company angle which is you the whole thing about battlefield 5 is like you're you know you have your soldier you have your machine gun you have your tank and you can evolve it by playing the game customizing it so it will be very much your experience you know it's like it's not like just some you know where you just pick up some stuff and it's like yeah that's it you can't do anything with it this is your shit you know Mm -hmm. this is yours it's your people are going to see you and say Hey, there's Cullum. Oh, that's I'm a pretty sure cool tank. Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm I sure they're the best tanks. Yeah, exactly. My tanks are fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, War Stories <laughs> is also coming back, which was the single player mode in Battlefield One, which was a it was like six or seven different soldiers. At yeah, different points it was in the war. Yeah, or and I'm pretty chuffed about this. Yeah, that was that was the single player campaign. It's back here. Yeah, it's basically where you have. Um, you you jump from DF, uh, different like perspectives and different theaters of war. They haven't really they haven't gone into detail in terms of like what characters you got, but we know there's got to be one set in Norway in 1943 where you're a female uh, resistance fighter. There's one in Rotterdam, uh, North Africa, I believe, and I think the French countryside. But that's only four, so there's presumably got to be more. But yeah, I mean that was great. I really enjoyed that in Battlefield One. What, so what I like yeah. about it is that they're saying. And I mean, if they are going to Norway and North Africa, yeah, maybe they are taking uh, taking it away from the obvious locations. That's exactly what they said. They don't want they. The whole thing was they gave us this whole spiel about it being this is the untold stories you will not have seen mm. these before. So yeah, like you said, they're they're not going to D Day. It's you know obviously it's important D Day as that's been done a lot. It was done last year, for example, in Call of Duty World War Two. This is something different. Because do you remember when uh, World War Two was announced? <laughs> when World War Two was announced last year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When Call of Duty colon World yeah. War Two was announced last year? The like, I remember discussing it on this podcast yeah. and how we were hoping that they weren't going to do D-Day, that yeah. they were going to do something a bit different, different and, yeah. they, and they didn't. They didn't. And yeah, no, this will be your game in Cullum. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty much the, this is going to be stuff that 
no one really knows much about the un- like I said, you know, the the untold stories. You know, it's like, hey, we were here too. We did this, so yeah, they're focusing on that. There's also a co-op mode called yep. combined, combined arms. arms. Yeah, they didn't show us like any footage of this at the event, and lot like, I'm pretty sure they didn't like it the the uh, live reveal either. It's um, they, is it like, entirely separate? It's from- yeah, that much we know. It's separate because you basically got your three pillars. You got your single player, you got your co-op, and you got your multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And the co-op is like it's entirely separate, up to four players, but it's very much um. It's well, as you'd expect, it's very much team focused. You know, you will have to literally work together to solve solve objectives and stuff. You can't just bugger off and just leave everyone to it. You really need to like work together to secure like ammunition and everything. And like, str- uh, you know, it's very, it's got a very tactical edge to it. They were saying it's, you know, literally you have to like, they really want to push the whole team effort in Battlefield, mm-hmm. you know, teaming up together. So yeah, which is, you know, what it says on the tin, you know, it's co op. <laughs> uh, Conquest is also back, the big 64 player multiplayer mode. Yep. And this grand operations thing. So whereas with the what's the war stories called again? Or it is actually just called war stories again. Yeah. The um with this grand operations multiplayer mode, mm-hmm. that that is the the mode in Battlefield uh, five that's going to be looking at the bigger things in, in World War Two, the your D days and all that is that right? Uh, they, the more yeah. the more obvious ones, the more well known well, events of the war. Yeah. Um, ass- um, yeah. I mean, I assume so. They didn't actually go into detail in terms of like what missions, but they did. They gave an example of one. This was in Rotterdam. It's like your, for example, it's like you start off as um, a paratrooper, so you parachute in and you have to like secure. You have to wipe out the um, anti-aircraft installations, and if you don't do that very well, then when day two comes along, this is not real. This is just in-game, not mm-hmm. like real hours. And when day two comes along, if you haven't done a good job, then your air forces, which we uh, the main force, they will suffer heavy, heavy casualties. But if you did do a good job, then obviously most of your force will be intact. And then when you land, you push forward to another objective, and it rolls into day three. And you do more, basically. So yeah, they're, they're like they're, they're much bigger missions, but they didn't really they didn't really go into say yes, we're going to be doing D Day, we're going to be doing this. They just okay. you, you wrote it down as an example. But I'd imagine, I mean, well, it's like they can do whatever, really. But I imagine they could do a, a really well known campaign. I mean, why not? Uh, it's out on the nineteenth of October, and yep. as we said, will feature women quite heavily. Now, a lot of people yep. got very cross at this. Very cross. Yes. There's a woman on the front of the box for the standard edition. Standard edition. But you can pay an extra <laughs> 20 quid if you want to have a man on the That's box. That's my favourite thing. For Which the, <laughs> it's the, the special edition one is, is the one that has the boy on the cover. Mm. So, you know... Pay, oh, was there really? I didn't know there was a chap on one of the covers. Mm. Oh, right. It's on the, the more expensive oh, one. Okay. So you mm. can pay $20 extra to own the libs. Yeah. <laughs> on YouTube, the trailer was downvoted however many times because, uh, yeah, fucking 12-year-olds got very cross about women being featured heavily in the trailer and obviously the box, as we say. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, there was a lot of... Yeah, hashtag basically. not my battlefield, yeah. Was there a hashtag? Yeah, not my not, yeah, yeah, there was. Oh, but it's not anyway. None of you fought in the Second World War. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that like, was, like that. That was uh, the complaint. Really, was that it was historically inaccurate? The because there wasn't women in World War Two. There we, was women didn't exist until uh, nineteen. 
48. Yeah, um, But yeah, the Dice general manager, Oscar Gabrielson, he took to Twitter two days after the reveal and he said, quote, it's been two days since the reveal of Battlefield 5, so I wanted to share some thoughts on the reaction so far. It sure seems we created a lot of excitement and also some questions on a lot of different topics. First, let me be clear about one thing. Player choice and female playable characters are here to stay. Damn straight. But if you uh, what, what, why, why, they, why they would take them out anyway, you know, you'd be like, what, why? But, yeah. you know, if you don't want to play as a woman then don't yeah exactly there you go <laughs> problem solved and if you don't want a woman on cover like you said fork out you know 20 quid extra or whatever it was <laughs> and <laughs> get the man on the cover i mean we, we we shouldn't be shocked by this reaction which is also quite sad maybe, that we shouldn't be like, shocked by this reaction maybe we yeah. should not talk about the reaction like just not not make the story that some you know children don't like the fact there are women in it and just say there are women in it that's cool mm-hmm. and not give them the oxygen of publicity because they shouldn't really have the oxygen of oxygen <laughs> um, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's very fair in other shooter news Call of Duty Black Ops 4 uh, the well, Treyarch the developer behind it has said there might be campaigns in future editions of the game I think that's pretty obvious <laughs> uh, so uh, let me see speaking with the Daily Star Yale Miller of Treyarch he said that single player mode is only missing at this moment in time I really think with every game we make we finish that title and then ask what is it fans are going to love the most if that's another traditional campaign then we'll make another traditional campaign now in the I don't know how long has it been a week or more since uh, the Black Ops mm. reveal. A couple of weeks. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Like there has been rumors about like there wasn't a campaign in this because uh, they actually just weren't able to do it. Like like they they were planning on making a campaign, but they just weren't far enough along in it to include it in the game. So that's yeah. why they've taken it out. Yet they've spun it this way, which of course that's what you're going to do. You're not going to say, yeah, we didn't have enough time. You are going to make yourself. You're going to make it look like that. This was your decision, which is grand. Mm. I like. Yeah, listen. There probably will be campaigns in future black, uh, future Call of Duty games, or just future games from Treyarch. Because, yeah, by all accounts, I think the rumor is that there will be one next year. Well, they, yeah, yeah, they'll have already been because we know how dev cycles work, right? So they'll already be well on the way. Well, is it? Yeah, Call, couple, Call of Duty right? works on a three-year cycle because mm. you, you have three developers working on it. But yeah, that's that's good. I'd like it, a, a Call of Duty campaign is what yeah. I come to the dance for. So Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, like next year's is, um, we've already know rumors about next year already, so I'm sure it will. Uh, Miller went on to say, I love nar- narrative games. There's a place for narrative games, but for us and what we wanted to do, it was the right decision. Which again, is clever wording, I feel. I mean, it's fair. Well, we'll see how it goes, won't we? I mean, see if they made the right decision. By Savage Sales, we'll do the talking. Do you know what was the right decision? To reboot slash sequelize God of War. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's very popular. Shock. Uh, John Cadera, PlayStation CEO, he was speaking at the Sony Investors Relations Days 2018. He's all over the news these days. And uh, yeah, he was just said that um, it's fucking very popular. Uh, <laughs> it sold 5 million copies in its first month. And that's also five, like, that's sold. That isn't shipped to stores. Yeah, that's, peop- that's copies in hands, yeah. God of War is also set. I mean, I love this record, right? This yeah. is just <laughs> brilliant. Uh, he, God of War has set a new dollar sale launch month record in America <laughs> for a PlayStation exclusive game so it is the best selling game of April since 
uh, twenty. What is it? Uh, Two thousand and eight. Hey, Grand Theft Auto Four. Yeah. In America. In America. In America. Yeah. What a bri- I loved it. I love when people, like again, I had like. You get it a lot in football. Like, if Man City, Man United, Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal weren't in the league, then Burnley would have won the Premier League this year. Like, that kind of shit. What yeah, is yeah. this stat? It means fuck all, it's really. It's like, like the university <laughs> I went to dropped out of the top 10. Uh, so then it started saying it was top 10 if you don't include Oxford and Cambridge. <laughs> yeah. No. It's so not top 10 then. Oh, still. Five million in a month. That's impressive. That is bloody awesome. Yeah, um, that's good. But yeah. yeah, I mean, God of War is popular. Look, you know. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I I'm think a PlayStation Classic or a mini PlayStation, I think that would be quite popular. I do too. Why did you mention that, though, Colin? Um, because, John... Oh, you're slipping into I the rich. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Right there, that's good. John Kadira was uh, speaking to Mantonweb <laughs> last week, and he said that the company is, quote, always digging up past assets and mentioned that there are discussions happening inside of Sony. Now... Yeah, like I suppose, what what would the the scope be for this? Why how how popular could this be? Would it reach the heights of a NES? Is it does it have that? I suppose, uh, like, would the general public be attracted to a mini PlayStation as much as they were a, a NES or a SNES? I would have thought so. I mean, it's PlayStation has got. I mean, it de- obviously, it depends what games you put on it. But I mean, there's some serious. I mean, I think there's a lot of in terms of generations. A lot of people probably grew up with the PlayStation One. And obviously they did with a NES, but I mean, you know, if you got like your Final Fantasies, your Resident Evils, your Metal Gear Solids, your Gran Turismos, I mean, that speaks volumes really, doesn't it? I think, I think they could definitely make this work. I mean, but, but if they're selling those games on the PlayStation store, yeah, for like they're, they're expensive, like, aren't they? They're, they're about, yeah, they're, they're about a tenner. Yeah, they're not cheap, but then again, yeah, I mean, you could say, obviously, like, they've been flogging NES games on, like, virtual consoles for years now as well, So, and obviously the NES and the SNES did really well, the classic edition, so I don't see why a PlayStation 1 wouldn't. Mm. I mean, I'd say a PlayStation 1 would definitely be good. I mean, I don't know about, you know, if they, I don't know if they go to the full hog and do PS2 or whatever, but no, I, I would, I'd be up for it. I don't think they do PlayStation, it's weird, because PlayStation 2 is obviously the most successful. Yeah. But I don't know if they do a PlayStation 2, because... You know, PlayStation Two is in the the still in the the bracket of being able to remaster the games and that. Yeah, exactly. Which it's would not, make them more money. One yeah. assumes, and I I think it would. Be, I don't. I think it would be popular, but I don't think it would be as popular as the SNES and theirs because there was just so much nostalgia. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. I because I, I think it would probably be more more expensive. Yeah, because your the games are going to be more intensive. Look, you, Mike, you mentioned about well, people grow up with this, but I mean, yeah. people grow up, they'll be, in 20 years' time, there'll be those that will be nostalgic for the PlayStation 4 and yeah. Xbox One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see. Uh, it, it, just, it just depends what age you are. Yeah. But, uh, like, yeah, there's a lot of nostalgia for the 8 bit and 16 bit period. 32, not so much, because the yeah. games look like shit. <laughs> and, that, and, and that's the issue, <laughs> is that you have blocky bastards on screen oh, that like it, it's 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 but it's just so yeah. why 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 like it's just so yeah i know it's yeah obviously it's very very blocky and ugly whereas like obviously like the mario games they still because they cause look that's the good thing. yeah like I mean, to, to this day people are making mm. games that look like 8 bit and 16 big yeah games. the old retro they're, they're not yeah, making art, yeah. manky fucking <laughs> uh, like the original Metal Gear Solid or the yeah or with, Max uh, Payne with or Snake and Metal, uh, with Solid Snake and his like whole I have no eyes but deep holes you know yeah, black. I move my head and that's <laughs> how it's yeah been. oh yeah exactly which, which <laughs> I don't know they're, 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 
Uh, there would definitely be interest from the public, but yeah, I'm 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 not too sure. Mm. Now, we'll see. Uh, I could see Sony going down that route. I f- would find it very hard to understand or believe why they would go back into the handheld gaming market. But again, John Kadira, he is fucking all chat this week, boys and girls. <laughs> Because he was talking about the PlayStation... Well, he, he no, wasn't talking about the PlayStation Vita, but he was talking about portable games. And he said, In my opinion, rather than separating portable gaming from consoles, it's necessary to continue thinking of it as one method to deliver more gaming experiences and exploring what our customers want from portable. We want to think about many options. So a lot of people have taken from this that they are maybe, you know, the discussion is being had at Sony about portable games. Why? And that's the question I put to you. Why would they ever go back into that? I don't. I, th- I don't. I, I honestly don't think they will. <laughs> I don't think they will either. I mean, PlayStation Vita didn't do very well, did it? It's pretty much dead everywhere. But um, Japan now, it's very much an indie machine and a companion device to PlayStation Four, which it does really well at. I mean, I don't yeah. think it's even that anymore. Oh, okay. like, like I mean, I mean, <laughs> that's yeah, half yeah, full, yes, man. Yes, you are right. Yes, yes. you are correct. But. Uh, it's not I mean the PlayStation like if you're looking for an indie machine it's just the PlayStation 4 like there was yeah, there was yeah. a period where that was what the Vita acted as but who who owns a Vita now why when was the last time you played your Vita do you have a Vita I do when you, was the last time you played it probably, last week no, or something. no 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 it was it was this year sometime maybe February really? or March yeah I use it for PS1 classics that's pretty much it <sighs> yeah I, I don't know <laughs> I I, I, I did, did you ever own a Vita, Alice? No. Yeah. Couldn't give those fucking things away. I worked in a um, game store, well, a game station that became a game around the time they were trying to get people to, to buy the Vita. And it was just like, it had the saddest little section of games. And like, it was a, like a hodgepodge of kind of stuff. And there was nothing like massive. Like, it was just, I, I don't think it ever really got a strong angle on what it was and if they did handheld now they would get fucked by the switch mm-hmm. it would yeah. get like the switch would take it out for dinner mm-hmm. you know a nice remote and then just fuck it right. just absolutely destroy it mm-hmm. well, what would both <laughs> systems have as their evening meal uh like well, maybe like some lamb. lamb both both would choose the same well it's you know very unimaginable if we talk about it's like like <laughs> a as like a, maybe like a home cooked meal or something. Oh, or, you know, right. Like a, okay. Oh, yeah. home, home would the, would the sw- switch bring the Vita to yeah. its house? <laughs> I mean, this well, lure it in. The, the switch's house would be quite would be a lot more extravagant. You yeah, would imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I was, and it, you know, it would be Sony coming onto the switch's turf, right? So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say... Sh- I'll extend the metaphor as long as I need to, Calvin. Don't I mean, test me. <laughs> I was going to say, Vita wouldn't be able to afford Lamb, surely. But speaking of the Switch, right? It can afford Lamb, but can it afford Overwatch? I don't know. Me either, actually. Because uh, it wouldn't run as well on the Switch, right? And and Overwatch is no longer in that space where people play it just for fun. It's in that space where people play it and get really mad about it. So Blizzard's Matthew Hawley spoke to GameSpot... And uh, while speaking about a Switch version, he said, it's one of those things that we constantly evaluate. There are challenges in running on the platforms that we're not already on. Uh, We'll see where things go. Certainly, there is a huge number of people out there who have Nintendo Switch and mobile phones. But right now, the core development team is focused on supporting the live game. Now, there's Mm. two points from this. Yeah, mentioning Nintendo Switch, and you could really double down on that. And... 
listen, perhaps there's a decent sized install base there. It's constantly creeping up in the Xbox One. It's nearly the number two at this point. Yeah. And if it can't reach the, the same fidelity, same frame rate as it can on other systems, then maybe the comp- like it wouldn't catch on competitively, but maybe as a, a fun little side thing for people if they're mad into Overwatch. But what I find maybe more interesting is as mention of mobile phones. And like maybe it's just a flipping comment. But, but like why mention it? I don't know, because I mean you can play Fortnite on your phone. Yeah. yeah. Not very well, but you can play PUBG, yeah, you can PUBG. play like yeah, you know. I suppose they're the two most modern games that I can think of. Obviously, there was. Do you remember that period of time where they were bringing like Bioshock and Grand Theft Auto? And yeah, there was a period of time where they were bringing all console games to the phone. But uh, like, if you're looking for a massive install base, you know, get Overwatch on the phone, and you're laughing. Yeah. Now, I haven't played either Fortnite or PUBG on the telephone, but I think which one? One of them is meant to be quite good, isn't it? Is it Fortnite? It's meant to be, maybe meant to be all right. Yeah, my husband tried playing it and didn't get on board with it but be- because it was awkward or just because he doesn't like anything right. <laughs> he was just bored and he tried playing it but he didn't really didn't really get into it and it's quite difficult to play on games like that on your phone anyway it, it is yeah well uh, generally speaking that's what I think but I thought one of them was meant to be alright I, I, I don't know I've heard good things about both to be fair I think one game that would be pretty decent on the telephone would be The Wolf Among Us 2 I'm pretty sure Telltale have brought a lot of their phone or a lot of their games to phones and tablets anyway uh they have the walking dead i'm sure they have brought all of them to to um, yeah. portable devices but the wolf among us 2 was meant to be out this year it's not mm, i'm not massively surprised but they did mistime it because you know they mistimed it not us because we did our game club for the extra podcast and yes. we did the wolf among us specifically because i was like well the wolf among us still be out later this year to be out by the time we're finished, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. <laughs> they basically, Telltale put up a post on their site and they, they explained that the delays were because of a few fundamental changes here at Telltale since we first announced the game. The Wolf Among Us will, uh, or the delay for the Wolf Among Us will allow us not only to focus on quality, but also to experiment and iterate in order to craft something truly special. Ultimately, our goal is to deliver an experience deserving of the passion you've consistently shown for the Wolf Among Us, and these extra months will give us the time we need to do our best work. Now, chances are, this delay is because of Telltale laying off a large number of their staff, which at the time they said wouldn't affect the Wolf Among Us too. Seems like it might have, yeah. It looks like. It, see, it seems like it might have. Yeah. I never played the first one. Was it any good? It was great. Really good, yeah. Okay, fair play. It was my was... my favourite uh, Telltale until uh, Tales from the Borderlands came out, which was fucking excellent. On to what we've been playing this week and Alice Bell. Yes, come on. Are you feeling pain? Are you feeling sadness? Are you feeling anger, despair... <laughs> Or some, I feel like I've mentioned f- more than four options, which is what happened on screen before Marcus painted the picture. But here is a canvas. Here yeah. are some paints. The canvas is this podcast. Yeah. The paints are your voice. Please do explain 
what your feeling is towards Detroit Become Human. Oh because my God. I, 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 I've played it. I reviewed it. My thoughts are on the site. I mean, I, I, listen, I, I'll chip in as well. Uh, there's a video review, all that stuff. You live streamed it. Yeah, yeah. I live streamed last week. Good three hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't take a break because it was so compelling. Yes. Yeah. What do you think? This is the, the listen, the two of us are self-confessed Quantic Dream fans. Yeah. We have enjoyed their previous works uh, for the most part. I was there when people were giving, a, giving Quantic Dream a bit of a hammering. I was like, let them fail. Let them fail before you stick the boot in. And here we are. We have arrived at this uh, moment where Anne Spell can tell us about how she feels oh when it comes God. to Detroit Become Human. It's so bad. <laughs> Look, okay, well, listen. It's not like the worst thing ever, but like, because it looks very nice. Yeah, give me give me the good points. It, it looks very nice. Um, it looks very nice. <laughs> right. I think... Uh, the key actors, um, the main three androids you play as, actually are performed very well. Maybe not all of the other characters, but like, uh, yeah, Connor, Marcus, and Kara, are, I think, are performed very well. Uh, Connor's uh, human lieutenant that he works with, I think, is good. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to stream. <laughs> In the same way that, you know, you'll get some friends around and watch shitty films. Yeah, have a bit of a laugh. Throw that on. Do you know? Listen. Oh, look, if you like the narrative and you think that it's nuanced and uh, deep and surprising and a great narrative. More power to you. Then that's fine. But you're wrong and I hate you. (laughs) So Detroit Become Human is a game about androids and the, the, the uprising in 2038, I think, off the top of my head. Yeah. Obviously happens in Detroit, you know, fucking yeah. no prizes for guessing that. And yeah, as Alice said, you play as three different androids. Yeah. One is sort of, he's a member of the uprising. There's uh, another that is just become sentient and she finds herself caring for a child. Yeah. And there's another who is a cop who wants yeah. to get to the bottom of android crime and and, and whatnot. Yeah, and androids yeah. going defective. Uh, yeah, deviant androids. Deviant is, androids. Is, is you the, the you know, if you've seen Westworld, it's kind of like that. Some of the androids are going wrong. <laughs> and you've got to stop them going wrong before they all go wrong. Uh, or help them go or wrong. Or help them go wrong. I suppose, depending on what character you, you play as. Yeah. Uh, or how you play the game. So yeah, like all Quantic Dreams previous games, it's uh, third person action or not action yeah. adve- adventure game. Uh, it's where, a narrative, yeah, yeah, narr- narrative, narrative based, game. choice based. Listen, I don't even like it's like someone playing your game should not necessarily be able to predict what will happen in it before any of it happens, which I was able to do. And I, I genuinely haven't played it before, but I was able to predict entire scenes before any of them any of them had even started playing out because it's so done and it's so... The metaphors are so 
God, they're obvious heavy and heavy-handed. Like, oh, there's a really heavy-handed Jesus metaphor. And there's a bit where, like, the androids have to stand at the back of the bus. And 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 all, all the while, like, your man's saying that it's just about androids. And if you want to read more into it, that's fine. But that's on you. Fuck you. No, like, I mean, listen, there are references to Martin Luther King. That's what I find peculiar about this. Like, is, don't is that fucking tell me it's my fault that I'm reading too much into your androids getting on the back of the bus in Detroit game, you prick. Like, mm. like treat treat your audience with some respect, surely. Yes, I I think it. And you know, I say that there are obviously a lot of other people that works on it. There are other writers and stuff, and I'm sure yep. they're fine. But the David Cage, the man who's put himself front and center here, has said some silly things about this game. I mean, it's a silly game. <laughs> Do you know, like, you can just say that about the game itself. It's uh, And it's also, like, bits, of, from what I played, it just seems like bits and pieces of his other games. Because it's raining a lot. The rain is so heavy. Like, my, minor spoiler. Minor spoiler. Uh, there because obviously you know there's been snow in all the other ones. But there's a bit of snow as well later, snow. later on. Yeah, Kara, uh, the house. That I just she... imagine people now listening just panicking, going shit. Snow. It's like, I mean, um, Kara, uh, the the android, the house that she has to go to to be a housekeeper is very similar to the sad divorce house in Heavy Rain as well. To the point that when they were driving down that street, I was like, "This is fucking Heavy Rain." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did Heavy Rain happen in Detroit? <laughs> Mm. And maybe there's a motel as well, but I didn't go to the motel. Mm. Um, like, I just oh, oh my god, just I, there was something else I was going to be cross about there, but I can't remember what it was. Oh yeah, like the uh, it's always like poor people that in the bit that I played, like the poor people were morally bad, and like the poor people were the ones that treated androids like shit and were mean, and then the the rich guy was like. He could afford to be. He 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 had good morals. It was nice to the androids and stuff. The rich artist, and then you went back to poor town, and people were bastards and taking drugs again. Mm. And and I was a bit like, now hang on a minute. And then like just all the ah, oh, like the busker that was playing music, and he was like real human music, not fucking machine music. <laughs> That happens already, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, 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 yeah. And the chat roll guy like, play stairway to heaven. <laughs> I I think there are. So look positive, you know. I think the flow chart is an interesting mm. idea. Yeah. And whilst, like, I'm of the same opinion as you in that uh, some see- scenes will start and you'll go, right, this fella's probably bad. They're they're going to make me. They're going to convince the character that I am that I am good. Then mm. they'll turn bad by doing something really vicious to me, and then I'll try and escape, and then I'll kill him or whatever. And it's like, guess what? That fucking happens. But the flowchart does throw a, few, a couple of curveballs and does alter, say, yeah. certain story aspects that, like, if you want to replay it, then you will go, ah, that, that's quite different, right? That's, you know, my st- this is quite a different story to the one that I experienced when I played it through the first time or second time or yeah. third time or whatever. But the story is so weak it's, that yeah. what, why would you want to play through it? A second, a third, a fourth time. Because it's a narrative game. I think we should play it. Like, we can't play it this Friday because we're going out. Maybe we'll just get morning drunk. We'll play it. I think we should play it one evening this week and do a shot every time one of the David Cage Quantic Dream Bingo things comes up because we'd be fucking hammered. Mm. 
in like 45 minutes and it, like this is the thing because i really like quantic dream as well i really like fucking omicron nomad's Soul, one of my f- favorite classic games it's got david bowie in it it's fucking brilliant mm-hmm. right but this i just and it feels like to me it's another one of those things where we're giving games a pass when they do something even s- slightly advanced in narrative because it's a game and games haven't done it. But yeah. it's bit like our, our moderator, Chris, was like, it's like, what if Blade Runner, but bad? Like, mm. it, and, but also, it's not even that because games have moved, narrative games have moved forward. Narrative games can do better and have done better. And maybe yeah. they're not big AAA narrative games, but they're there. Like, Telltale games have done better than this. Yep. And I mean, there's also, like, listen, Telltale's record isn't flawless either, but yes, they Telltale games have, have done better, much fucking better than this. And I, I just feel the medium has moved on quite a lot from this mm-hmm. style of writing. Not entirely, yes, I know, you know, uh, generally speaking, game stories, they're not up there with books or film or television or whatever but they like they're still the game there but but, like, but but there are yeah there are there are still um i i think the it has come on an awful lot and, and like like even to go a like for like like something in the vein of an until dawn is is so well yeah. done yes i know the last quarter third does fall down a bit when a thing yeah. happens but like when you compare that, say, to this, for instance, mm. it's it's like, oh man, like like it's just so poor faced and so So up its own so taking so itself seriously. Up its own ass. Like and that's the thing, because it is in, in many ways it's inappropriate to hold games up next to films and books and stuff because it's they're a younger medium and so they are still learning catching and, up and learning mm. what they can do in narrative all the time. But games have already done better than this, yeah. I think. Enough. And also, gone home. Yeah. Fucking Edith, Edith Finch. Finch. Like, like, and also, like, Quantic Dream. Like, the, like Detroit clearly wants it to be a film as well. Yeah. In just the way it's made, in the direction of it, like you can change the camera to do like a the weird. Like, orth- oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's another thing. The controls, the controls are wonky as fuck. Uh, the, ha- mapping the so when you're walking around an environment to pick up an item you use the right analog stick um, I don't know you press up on it or you move it around in a little circle mm. and because the camera is also mapped to the right analog stick mm. I found myself going up to an item and then I'd try and pick it up but then the camera would move, move yeah. I, like it, it didn't happen every time but it happened enough for me to notice that it was happening I was going, this is just so awkward. The touchpad as well is used for like tablets and I think TVs and stuff. And I found that very unresponsive to yeah. me. It's just, it's That's, just awkward. And, and it does, like, don't get me wrong, it does look amazing. Like, so much of it looks really, really beautiful. But in a narrative game, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. That's not enough to make up for the narrative being so hackneyed. I bet and you you want to play more though. I do. Mm. Because it, I was just like, what I want to see what next terrible metaphor will arise. No, I, d- I mean, I, I won't. I'll ask you off camera. I'm not sure what point you're at. But that's another thing. It goes on way too long. Way fucking too long. It, it the man. I mean, listen. The, the the writing team need an editor. It, uh, 
massively sore. It's like when Quentin Tarantino got so good at making films that he could just do whatever he wanted. And then people realized, whoa, whoa, whoa calm down. Whoa, you maybe, do maybe, need an editor, yeah. yeah. Maybe you shouldn't be able to do whatever you want because everyone needs an editor. But it is a... Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a disappointment. Yeah. That's like, I, I, when people are going, ah, it's going to be shit, it's going to be shit. I was like, ah, calm down. Let them fail. Problem is, basically have, apart from a few little... I think Quanti Dream is quite good at creating tension yeah. in, in uh, QTs. And because of the fact the characters, ca- at least the game makes you think the characters can die yeah. at any point yeah. in the game. So whenever there is a, a tense QTE or a, a moment where, I don't know, a character is has you at gunpoint or yeah. whatever it is, right? You are going like, oh, maybe this decision is quite important. They won't all be, obviously. Mm. But from speaking to other people and seeing other things, there are points like that where characters can be offed quite early on. Yeah. You know, it's just... So, yeah, stuff like that is quite good. But But the thing is... The the negative really outweighs the positive. We're apparently wrong. Everyone else seems to like it. Like, even our sister site, Dan, really, really really likes it. Give Mm. it an eight. If you play this and you really enjoy it, like, you know, to the point where it's one of your favourite games this year or whatever... Excellent. Delighted. Because I want you to be happy. And I, I would genuinely love to talk to you for uh, several hours. Now, would you only talk to them as Alice or would you try and talk to them as multiple different people at multiple different points in time? I would love to, I'd love to talk to them as Callum Hart as well. Maybe like, in, like I don't know. love to be inside your head. <laughs> <I'd>, <laughs> I did, what about like some sort of like special agent or something? Would you like to yeah, talk to them as that or like, as well? you know, maybe someone not even from this planet. Wow. <laughs> I was going to say that and then I wasn't sure if that was a spoiler or not. But then, yeah, I haven't played this yet. But you have Quarantine Circular. Mm. What is this? And like, what were all those things that I mentioned? <laughs> what is this Masterful, game? masterful save, Colin. So uh, you, Colin, will remember that you played and reviewed Subsurface Circular. Really enjoyed us. Yeah, uh, um, Mike Bithel of Bithel Games uh, is doing with Bithel Games a series called Bithel Shorts. Uh, and uh, at the time that Subsurface Circular came out, which was about uh, robots and coincidentally artificial intelligence, and coincidentally another narrative-driven game that's better than uh, mm. Detroit uh, and cheaper and shorter, um, that yeah, so that was about robots on a robot-specific kind of subway system, and you, a robot who was confined to that subway system, were investigating the disappearance of another robot. Uh, and uh, last week. Bithel Games put out a uh, quarantine circular and because of the success of Subsurface Circular they decided to make a series of uh, short games under the circular um, kind of bracket which is an anthology of uh, short games exploring different science fiction concepts mm-hmm. that interests Mike so my Bithel of Bithel Games Bithel so, so why, what is the concept here? so uh, in this one an alien has come to earth uh, and wants to kill us all? Well, who knows? This is the thing. So an alien has come to Earth around the same time that a um, disease, a virus, uh, which is um, antibiotic resistant because we use antibiotics too much, is spreading very quickly around the planet. And so there's the one quarantine is that quarantine that's happening. And then the other quarantine is that the alien has been captured and is quarantined aboard a ship. Mm-hmm. And uh, you take on, first of all, take on the role of a tech who's talking to the alien and then uh, the point of view switches uh, and so then 
you're the alien talking to other people, other members of the crew, and then you're maybe other members of the crew talking to it. So each chapter, your point of view kind of shifts to a different character. Um, right. Yeah. And so ordinarily, I would have maybe given it to you to review because you'd done Subsurface Circular. Mm. But I think we agreed pretty exactly on Subsurface Circular. Yeah. So I thought it was fine for me to review it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Does the, so what you mentioned there about jumping around, uh, mm. controlling different characters. Yeah. Because to compare it to Detroit, right? And the different yeah. characters. I thought that it models the story a little bit mm. because someone like a Connor and a Cara, they have uh, different goals, different objectives. Mm. So when you're controlling the two of them, uh, there are particular scenes, which I won't, won't mention, where you have conflicting ideals from different characters that you're fucking controlling. Uh, does that ever get in the way in Quarantine Circular? I Yeah, so it's very much like Subsurface Circular in that it's the same. You have conversations. So you're not walking around. It's not an open world. There's no exploration. You are having conversations with other characters and then you have topics uh conversation points that you can bring up to talk about um and they are very well done conversations and they're very realistic and the characters all have very distinct personalities and when you're like the security officer who's kind of a bit of a suspicious asshole you don't get the option to not be a suspicious asshole because you're being her and i and so okay. there's there's kind of no way to climb down really from her being the, the most you can do is say like maybe I should try and find a way to trust you. Like, that's the most yeah. <laughs> leeway she'll give. But, most but of you, time, can, you can't kind of like, completely no, craft no, no. the character to your liking. No, and I think that's that's good. And it's initially yeah. kind of disorientating, switching around, but th- it is interesting being these different people and, and still sort of not knowing entirely someone's motivations, even when you are them. Because one of the big points is, like, is the alien friendly or not? Is it trying to help us? Or, like, why is it here? And mm. even when you're inside... <laughs> the alien's head you don't know um mm. when you're being the alien and i thought that was really interesting really good um but i didn't enjoy it as quite as much as subsurface circular because you are cannonballing around a bit and because you have different goals as different characters it doesn't have quite the same uh sense of purpose as subsurface circular where you were doing that investigation so even as the narrative kind of twisted and turned there you as the player had that thread to hold on to of this is what I'm doing and this is the the central goal of the game. Mm. Whereas the, there isn't there isn't one in quite the same way. I mean, there is a larger kind of what we're going to do about the disease outbreak thing going on. And there are some really interesting ideas and concepts explored and the idea of like, is there alien life out there? Oh, there is. What, you know, how does it interact with humanity? Maybe there is alien life out there, but we're just a hot mess. Like... Mm. And so they're avoiding it. Like, so there, there are loads of interesting things explored, but it's just not. There's, n- there's not something for you as a player to keep a hold of, to keep your kind of center, but still very good, and still like the. It's a, it's a short game. It take maybe like three hours at most. You can replay it because there are different outcomes. Choices you make in it will affect like which characters are then present in later scenes and stuff like that. Um, so it's short and it's uh, relatively cheap as well because it's a, a short. And I think if you enjoyed Subsurface Circular, you should definitely pick it up and have a look at it. You were almost a Jill sandwich. It's me, Mario. Would you kindly let's go bowling? This is my favorite store on the Citadel. War never changes. Every week on the Video Gamer Podcast, it has the gaming knowledge of Macaulay's with a simple game called Who Am I? 
I get five clues to the identity of a video game character and you, Alice Bell, and only you, Alice Bell, this week. I lost against myself. You did. (laughs) Must give me the correct answer. All you have to do is say stop and then give me said answer clue number one. My first appearance in a video game came in 2015. 2015. Shit, okay. Clue number two. I'm quite geeky. And a base of an introvert. Introvert. Oh, shit. Clue number three. My latest appearance in a video game happened only this year. 2018. Okay. Clue number four. At only 18 years of age, I'm coming to terms with a recent discovery the first time you meet me. I'm 18... (laughs) And clue number five, that recent discovery, is that I can rewind time, Uh, which is pretty mad. I mean, all I ever wanted was to take a few photos with my old camera. Stop. Alice Bell. Max Caulfield. This week's winner is Alice Bell. You said geeky. I was like, watchdogs? Right, okay. But then the 18 thing threw me off. Is there any 18 year old in Watch Dogs? No, I don't think so. This thing. Maybe Josh is quite young, but. He's quite young. Uh, to go through the clues, uh, the clue number one my first appearance in video game came in 2015. Of course, Life is Strange, episode one. Clue number two, I'm quite geeky and a bit of an introvert. I mean, she is. Uh, clue number three, my latest appearance in video game happened only this year, uh, which is Life is Strange be- behind, before the storm, not behind the storm. Uh, Farewell, the bonus, it's episode. The bonus episode. Did you yeah. play no, that? No, I didn't in the, in the end. end. I was going to. And then I didn't. Uh, clue number four at only 18 years of age I'm coming to terms with the recent discovery the first time you meet me uh, clue number five that recent discovery is that I can rewind time which is pretty mad I mean all I ever wanted to do was take a few photos with my old camera in Blackwell Academy mm-hmm. with her teacher I can't remember his, his, what a beardy man yeah. with the glasses yeah. whatever his name is well done Alice Bell I was thinking because I, I knew it was just well, going to be the last clue just laid it on thick and then well yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking that because it was just you this week, I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't going to give you a gimme, but I was going, she knows who Max Coffee is. <laughs> She's going to get this one. Thank. Questions, theories, comments, and queries. You've got them, and we read them out. That's what we do. I thought of this about five minutes yeah. before we started recording. I was right. like, that's brilliant. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, whoa. I'm sorry. I don't appreciate that tone. Sorry. It just didn't sound... It sounded quite off the cuff. Um, that's because I'm just so natural. Oh, okay. Uh, this is the part of the show where, yeah, we... You send us things, <laughs> your thoughts and things, and we read them out on said show. Uh, you can do that at any stage during the week by emailing us, podcastvideogamer.com, or by replying to the tweet that we send out on our Twitter account, at videogamer.com every Tuesday before we record the show. Griffin got in touch and Griffin said, Hello, video gamer. How did you all get into the gaming industry? I'm passionate about gaming and the industry in general, and I'm attempting to find a job in the industry that doesn't require programming. Huge fan, by the way. Thanks, Griffin. Thanks, Griffin. Griff, can I call you Griff? <laughs> I know someone called Griffin is... Yes, cool, Does he appreciate Griff? So yeah, some people don't like some people don't like the old shortening. Well, that's I like. I know an Andrew hates Andy. He'd be like, if you call him Andy, he'd be like, that's not my fucking name. No, well, the 
Like I, if I called you Al or Ali, you wouldn't appreciate it. Yeah. I thought I, I thought you were staunchly against the idea of. Well, of, I don't think an, it's ever specifically come up, has it? There's just not many ways you can shorten it. Ali, I guess. As in McCoist or McBeal or hang on, what other Ali's have, to, have I come across in my lifetime? Ali. Well, Ali is in McCoist to show for Alistair, isn't it? Uh, I believe Ali McBeal. I'm not sure. Abig, no, that's a different name altogether. <laughs> Should be Abby then. Um, but yes, Ali Bell. Um, <laughs> does it doesn't that well? But the thing is, it's that's two syllables, and Alice is two syllables, so it's not a short. It's not a shortening of the name. No, it's so not. you might as well just call me Alice. You can call me Al if you want. I think Al is okay. <laughs> you are right. Yeah. I'll, call, I'll call you Alice. Okay. Um, Alice, <laughs> how did you get your start in the industry? This is well. It's always a whip because we you get asked this quite a lot. But the thing is that there's no one answer really. Everyone sort of had a different way into the industry. So I did work experience at a magazine. I did work experience OXM, and uh, I did that competently enough that I was then hired to do in-house stuff for them. Competently and, enough. Yeah, I didn't fuck up that much, I guess, uh, for actual money. And then I started pitching at uh, articles and stuff. So then there was freelancing, and then eventually got uh, a job. A video gamer. Yeah, I uh, I just was doing bits bits on the side. I started off at a site called Citizen Game, then went to God as a Geek, and then came to Video Gamer. Um, I also worked at Boss Studios as well, doing marketing, so I've seen both sides of the coin. Mm. Um, it kind of depends, really, Griff. Griffin, yeah. Griff, I mean, Griffin, I, so I, I did, um, like, before that, had done like because I, I did English at university so I did a lot of writing just generally there and like uh, worked on the university paper and stuff as well um, but you were a postman so you you just were grafting I was just grafting doing, doing, doing my podcasts as well on the side doing yeah university radio and all that um, it kind of depends really what like you ask or you say you want a job in the industry that doesn't require programming so you don't necessarily say you want a job Mm. in the press yeah because i would say right like there are lots and lots of and i'm not having to go but there are lots and lots of people who are passionate about video games and gaming you need to be passionate about whatever it is you're going to do as a job because while we do play games, the majority of our job is not playing games. The majority of sadly. our job, yeah, sadly. It was like I used to work in a pet shop uh, when I was f- 14, 15. Well, no, I wouldn't for. Well, f- yeah, 15, 16, probably, actually. And uh, friends would be like, oh, do you get to play, like, do you know, play with the animals all day? I said, no, I clean up their shit. <laughs> That's what I do. So, like, I spend most of my day writing and Colin spends most of his day video editing. And, like, I, I would find what else you like doing what you're good at and passionate about and then find how that fits into games so if you're passionate about art you can go down the games art route if you if you like writing you can like get really good at writing and then become you know either like games write write, write, dreams next game write quantity dreams next game like what would you say Uh, yeah i'd I'd say the exact same find out like like that, that that's the only thing about this question is that like you want a job in the industry so, uh, in what avenue? Is it just, oh, I want a job in the games industry because that sounds cool? Um, like, fi- yeah, figure out what your passion is or what your calling is. 
and go down that route because I suppose yeah as Alice said like if you if you like the sound of your own voice then you'll enjoy being in front of camera or behind a mic regardless of the topic mm. if you enjoy the written words you'll like yeah that's your writer you enjoy writing yeah so or if you like people you can go into like PR, PR. or community management yeah or, so there's as yeah, as you yeah. say, if you if you enjoy painting despair and hopelessness and all those other things, <laughs> despair, then, a crying man, <laughs> then you'll also enjoy art. Uh, there's many different avenues. Um, so yeah, I hope that that was a decent enough answer. It gave you a bit of an insight. Uh, Ross McMahon, friend of the show, asks, "What is the best thing about your hometown?" Oh, aside from the fact that I'm from there, <laughs> uh, the best thing about my hometown is that. Uh, William Golding, who wrote Lord of the Flies, lived in my hometown when he was a teenager and he wrote a book called The Pyramid, uh, which is literally about how shit it is to live in my hometown and how terrible my hometown is like. It's it's a fictionalised version of my hometown, but the descriptions of it are... Apt. Are like, it, like, the phys- like the descriptions of how it is physically and, and the high street and stuff are all bang on my hometown still. And it's about how horrible and and restrictive and grim the social structure of the town is and it and it's just about how shit my hometown is that's the best thing about that's my hometown that's a way better one than anything I have there's, really, a, there's, a, there's a blue plaque in my hometown saying William Golding who wrote Lord of the Flies lived here but it didn't say it doesn't say and he fucking hated it underneath <laughs> which I feel he should Michael says design the best burger the best burger the best burger ever in the world in the world oh man I, I'm still not eating beef I, do you know what it's I went okay to, to have vegetarian burgers I went to Temple of Satan they did vegan fried chicken it's so good I go I'm not a vegan but I go to vegan places quite a lot because they just have better options for vegetarians other than you know like a mush, an entire mushroom or lettuce yeah like uh, and Temple of Satan does this fucking well good uh, fry, fake fried chicken sandwich or burger. And it's so good. That, I'd have that every day. So good. <laughs> good design. Um, would you like, would you change even just to make it your own special? Would you make it something? I would something take it. out, so it's got fake, I would maybe make it unvegan because it's got fake bacon <laughs> and fake cheese in it. So I'd maybe put real cheese in it and take out the fake bacon because fake bacon is just no thing at all like uh jake asks do you think it's reasonable for the loyal fans of the god of war franchise to get annoyed with the new fans of the reboot what i want to i saw i saw this question i wanted to put it to you is there i didn't think there was a dante-esque dmc i think maybe a few people are like he's not supposed to have a son or have feelings he's supposed to be a killing machine family members before yeah but i suppose the whole thing before is he was just a mad killing machine and i kind of get it but like also those games still exist and have been remastered so this new game doesn't i mean star wars i think is the prime example of like when yeah episode one to three came out and people are oh it's a disgrace it's a disgrace disgrace it's like, yeah, but your your, your films yeah. still exist. Like, or like the the Ghostbusters when it came out, yeah. and everyone like was ruining my childhood. Just go watch the old ones. And again. even actually, that's uh, even well, I suppose. Also, you're not a child anymore, so it's not for you. <laughs> was was the the latest Ghostbusters? Yeah. Was that a sequel or a reboot? Uh reboot. So like that's There's nothing to do with it. It's yeah. fine. Uh, so I get it because it's like when Andromeda came out, and I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't as amazing as i had somehow expected it to be in my head 
But the old Mass Effect still exists. And I don't hate Andromeda, I guess. I mean, so I, I, I think Andromeda's good. I, 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 I get it to an extent in that, you know, you're very attached to this thing and mm. it is a direct sequel. But yeah, those games, they're, they're still there. And if you want, like Dexter, the TV show, um, I, the, the seasons one to four, one of the best television mm. shows of all time. Incredible. If it ended on the final scene of season four, masterpiece. Seasons <laughs> five to eight, half of Dexter. Oh, oh, it just gets rougher and rougher and rougher. Yeah. Like that scene where she's carrying him out of the hospital, be vague, but oh my God, rubbish, muck like. But I just go, first four seasons, brilliant. That's it. Yeah. It's like how you, you stop watching Indiana Jones at the third one. You know? <laughs> yeah. And Joseph Murphy asks, Colin, two very important questions. Hunky Dories are Tato and Barry's are Lions. I think you said to me before that you had Lions. I had Lions right? growing yeah. up at home. Because um, I asked you this before because I was unaware that there were there was a... Or a a T division, yeah. A big, big divide. Do you get the same with the PG tips and Yorkshire tea or anything? Or Tetley's and... I think we have more too many varietals. Maybe it was never. I think because I, I'll, when I was growing up, I'd always just get we'd always get like whatever was on offer yeah, kind of yeah. thing. So there was no brand loyalty to the tea. But these days, because uh, I because I because I can afford it, she says, making spraying, it rain, spraying dollar bills. Um, I I am a fan. I am partial to the Yorkshire Gold blend. Mm, not not just fancy. the bog standard Yorkshire tea. Oh no. Oh, the Yorkshire gold. gold. Yeah, uh, growing up, I would have more often than not had lines because that's what the mother bought. So I think that was on offer more than Barry's. Uh, I probably, I, I would sway towards Barry's, but I don't know, is that peer pressure, to be honest? Because Barry's is the, is, Barry's was like, is the Cork tea. Lines is more of a Dublin ah. tea. Um, so yeah, Hunky Dory's or Tato? I'd probably say Hunky Dory's. Uh, hunky dories I I feel like they they were just they, tastier. They were like if I look at cheese and onion hunky dories, cheese and onion tater, they were just like cheesier and onionier. Mm. I I like tater, right? I I like you know tatoes. Oh. Tatoes such a prominent brand in Ireland that crisps are known as tatoes. Really, in the way that. A vacuum cleaner is a Hoover or an MP3 player is an iPod. Mm. Not to everybody. There is a, a section of, is that Dublin? Where they call crisps Kings or something like that. Because there is another brand of crisp ah. called King. Uh, I hope I'm getting that right now. It's probably dubs listening to this fucking throwing their iPods and MP3 <laughs> players off the wall. Um, but... Yeah, I, I I always liked Tato, but I was never like, oh my god, they're the most amazing thing in the entire world. How do they compare to Walkers? Unpopular opinion. Mm. I apologize, oh. my people. <laughs> I am sorry. I prefer Walkers. <gasps> mm. Yeah. Oh, he's a traitor. He took the Queen's pound. <laughs> he's he's, he's he... watching the royal wedding. He's eating his Walker. <laughs> <laughs> You've been living here a while now, haven't you? Uh, three years, yeah. Because uh, I three years, mate. <gasps> oh my god! 
I've become indoctrinated. I think that's time, it's time to wrap things up. I'm scared now. What, what, what else I'll say? Spend like eight hours around you every day. So I've started ending sentences with like sometimes as well. Yes. Yeah. Delighted. Do you ever end sentences with so? Is that happening yet? No, I haven't done that because that to me is a very... You just can't wrap your head around what? No, 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 I can get ahead, but I am conscious that that is, like, I think I can get away with ending sentences with like in... Yeah. But, like, saying, like, saying, like, ending sentences with so or referring to things as being good crack just doesn't sound right in an English accent. Mm. It's right. It's cultural appropriation. It just just sounds wrong, Enos. Yeah, exactly, yeah. wrong, mate. Apples and pears. (laughs) Because we try, I, we we spent like half an hour just trying to get you to say mate in the kind of boneless way that I can say mate. The mate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See? That's, that's a month. <laughs> it's the fifth month of the year. Hi, mate. Uh, but that just about does it for this week's edition of the Video Gamer Podcast. Thank you very much, dear listener, for listening. Of course, if you want to ask us questions and tell us your opinion and whatnot, you can email us podcast at videogamer.com uh, you can also give us money if you want uh, $4.50 <laughs> every month you'll get this podcast early with an extra bit at the end and you'll get a um, you get a, an extra podcast every Friday as well this week's one is the wrestling one where myself and Alice will be watching I'm sure we said this the last time uh, we'll be watching the final deletion which is the Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy mm, I'm classic. excited. Um, you can find us on all your podcatching apps and whatnot, such as the iTunes podcast, where you can only give us five stars, because that's what we fucking deserve. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. I am at Conum underscore Hearn Video Gamers on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat at videogamer.com. And on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash TV. But for... All of your video gamer needs just at videogamer.com. And now it's time for my least favorite part of the show. This is the part of the show where we must bid the listener adieu. So say goodbye, Alice Bell. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Conor Mahern Sloan. Gaffole. <laughs>